Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. So, yeah, my name's Matt, uh, youth pastor at Harvest, been there um, seven years now. I've actually just been the head youth pastor since September, um, so it's like brand new for me, uh, and I learn all the things I'm really bad at a lot of the time. Um, I'm married, uh, been married for like a year and a half, and that is both really fun, and also I learn all the things I'm really bad at, um, too, because there's someone in the same apartment as me that can, can let me know that at times. Uh, but yeah, we have an Australian shepherd, Moses, that's the most important thing, yeah, Moses, because Moses, shepherd of his people, Australian, uh, yeah. Church jokes are always so funny. Um, and then Oliver, who actually is more like a dog than Moses. So we taught Oliver fetch. So we have this like little tinfoil ball that we'll throw. And Oliver just like does a little thing, picks it up, brings it back. Oliver and Moses, it's like UFC every single day in our living room. They wrestle, they fight, and Moses loses every time. <laughs> Oliver ends up getting him around the neck and like doing some sort of stranglehold that I've never seen before. And uh, then we have to separate them as they're breaking things. And so we're waiting for kids for a while uh, if we can't handle a dog and a cat. But I'm both like excited to be with you guys tonight. And also, I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous, right? I, I, don't, I don't know most of you. There's a couple faces that, that are familiar, a couple people here um, that, that I've seen before. I think I, I've spoke here a couple times in the past. It's been a couple years. But um, but I'm excited to be with you. And my hope for tonight for us um, is a couple things. I hope that, that what I share, what I share out of, out of God's word is a blessing to this group. I hope it's a blessing to you as an individual. I hope it's a blessing to your leaders. I hope it's a blessing to Sam and his wife. Um, and, and above all else, though, like, I hope that I honor God with what I say. I don't want to walk out of this place and this ended up being about Matt, or this ended up just being about Northwest Gospel Church. But I want, I want us, like as we sing after this message, right, to be like, God, you deserve my praise. You deserve to be glorified. You deserve to be on the throne of my heart. And these words that I'm singing are all the more true because of who you are. And that is my hope for us. Um, so we're gonna be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Feel free to turn there. Uh, no shame if you don't have a Bible. It's on the screen and I think in uh, your booklets as well. And uh, when Sam let me know the series was going to be one thing, like what's the one thing that you want to leave students with or you'd want to tell students? I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I was racking my brain like, oh, I could do this or I could do that. And I realized like as I was working so hard trying to figure it out, I hadn't just stopped and asked God and said, God, what do you have for this group? Because you know them, right? I may not know most of you, but God intimately knows each and every single person in this room. And so I think, I think this is what God told me to share with you guys. We'll find out, won't we? Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and I'll just read through it. Uh, I'm in the NIV in case you guys have a different translation. But it says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort 
who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. I'm just going to pray before we, we keep diving in together. God, I thank you for this group of students. And Lord, it is awesome that you know the ins and outs of, of each one of their lives. Lord, you know what they wrestled with today. You know what they faced this week. You know what tomorrow holds. You know the deepest desires of their hearts. And so in that, God, I pray that these words would speak to some of those things. Holy Spirit, would you direct me? Would you guide me? Would you pull back the layers of our hearts? Would we be honest with ourselves where we're at with you, God? And would we be honest with you too? Because Lord, you can take it. You, you want us to be fully open and honest with where we are with you. And I pray we can do that tonight. Lord, would you bless this time so that it's any good? Because I can't do that, God, on my own. Uh, it won't be. In your name, amen. All right, um, so I want to start off by asking us this question, and you don't have to answer it where you're at, but where do you find comfort? Like, you had a bad day. Oh, gosh, there's that song. You had a bad day. Oh, now that's going to be stuck in at least my head all night. Um, But right, today didn't go so great. Don't think there's a song with those lyrics yet. Uh, Today didn't go so great, and you feel either discomfort or trouble, or you feel hardship or just off, and you want to make things right again. Where do you go for comfort? So as I was thinking about this, I was like, Matt, where, well, where do you go for comfort? And I was like, well, a lot of the time, anybody heard of something called comfort food before? Mm, yes, comfort food. Yeah, comfort food. I'll, I'll explain. So comfort food is, is like when you have finals or something like that. I don't know. Anybody here have finals recently? Yes, a couple of you. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad I graduated a long time ago uh, and did two years of college and didn't want to go back because of finals. Um, but comfort food would be like, after finals, you're like, I feel like crap. Um, and so I'm wiped out and I'm tired and I just want something that, that is going to, to make me so happy again. I want something that tastes so good. I want something either really salty or something really sweet or something really greasy. If you say that carrots are your comfort food, you're lying. Come on, let's be, let, uh, carrots are pretty good. But no, it's not your comfort food. Um, so... We all got our comfort food. With the person next to you, I just want, we're going to be honest with each other. We can do this, right? No shame. Share your comfort food, your go-to, like, even if it's a crazy combination, just talk with the person next to you, and then we'll shout out a couple of these things in a second. All right, five seconds remaining. All right, let's bring it back up. So what's, what's somebody's comfort food? You can just shout it out wherever you're at. A Snickers, okay, mac and cheese. Saltines, enchiladas, wow. Well done. Maybe like two more, what else? Ice cream. Okay, those are super good. Can I share mine with you guys? Like, I'm a little nervous, uh, a little embarrassed to be honest. So. Um, unfortunately, this didn't start as a comfort food. This started as a food when I moved out of my parents' house that I ate all the time because it was the only thing I knew how to make. Um, you'll be there too. Uh, 
But I love nachos. And um, yeah, nachos are pretty good. And I mean, I'm not talking nachos like with nacho cheese. Like I don't go, I don't stoop that low. Uh, I use real cheese on my nachos, uh, the real stuff. I don't want to feel just awful completely. But get a big plate of that, cheese over the whole thing. And then any, anybody like to go to Costco here? So Costco has got this bag of bacon bits that's way too big. And I'd like to say that I just like grab a little bit of bacon bits and I'm like, yeah, right? No, I like go all in like a fistful and dump those bacon bits on top. Yes, that's the best way to do it. Um, and so tons of bacon bits and I, my wife tells me I shouldn't do it. My doctor tells me I shouldn't. Actually, I haven't told my doctor. Probably should. Um, my arteries tell me I shouldn't do it, uh, but I do anyways. And, and um, that's, that's my comfort food. But I think right? Like when we talk about comfort, when we talk about situations where we want to receive comfort because we're in some sort of discomfort or, or we've gone through something hard or we're just wiped out, there's other situations where we long for comfort too. A couple years ago, um, I was at a summer camp playing basketball. Any basketball players out there? Basketball players? You can beat, probably beat me. Um, but it's playing basketball and just did one of those moves I've always done on defense. I just planted to my left and was coming back in right, and then there, snap, goes my ACL and my meniscus, right? My ACL. So that's what keeps my leg from just going all over the place, right? It holds it together. And when, when, when my meniscus tore two, two of my bones went smack and, and hit together, and so then I had bone bruising as well. And that hurt really bad in that moment. It, it, was, it was no fun. I don't wish that on anybody. Um, And while that hurt really bad, in October of that year, I ended up having surgery on my ACL. And uh, anyone had surgery before? Yeah. Uh, Anybody had to go under before in surgery? Yeah. So so I I wake up from surgery and, oh man, I said some weird things. Um, And I think this is when my wife and I were just dating at that point. And I think I proposed after like a month of being together um, (laughs) while driving on the freeway. Great place to do it, fellas. Um, But I get home and that first day they give you painkillers. They were pretty strong. And then there was still the anesthesia that hadn't really worn off. So I didn't really feel much in my knee whatsoever. But I'll never forget day two. So anesthesia is totally gone. And it's like nighttime and all of a sudden this pain comes into my knee like I've never felt before. And it, I realized as I was feeling just this throbbing pain, like every knife, every incision that happened, it felt like I had just been stabbed in my knee and I could feel all five or six of those stabs all at once. And so it's the kind of pain where you're gritting your teeth and I'm punching the couch And my legs lifted up, elevating as it's attached to this icing machine. And I wasn't allowed to shower for two weeks. Uh, Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) It was really bad. Um, Right, it it was so bad. And I was in so much discomfort. I was in so much pain. I was just like, just make it stop. Just make it go away. Like whatever it takes for me to feel comfort again, just make it happen. And while I don't think all of us, right, some of us may relate with that, with physical pain and discomfort, I think all of us relate with feeling a discomfort, 
a discomfort or a pain or a hardship of the heart, of our very being, where it's like, just make it stop. Just make the pain go away. Maybe it's a hard situation with a friend where, where it's one of those friendships where all of a sudden they start treating you differently and you're like, is it something that I said? Is it something that I did? Like, why aren't they talking to me? Why are we drifting apart? Or maybe it's a tough relationship with a family member, a brother or sister. It's like, why can't we get along? We just always get under each other's skin. Maybe it's that you haven't seen your dad or mom in months or years even. And it's like, why won't the pain of this just go away. What is a normal family even like? Maybe you're anxious about your future and the thought of college or the thought of going to high school or the thought of trying out for that sports team or whatever it may be just eats at you and you just feel overwhelmed constantly of like, when is this going to end? Maybe it's a breakup that you've gone through and that person that felt like they were your person is now out of the picture And it's like, when am I going to get over this? Maybe you're somebody that's single and you've always been single and you're like, when's somebody gonna notice me? When's somebody gonna say that that you're worth being with? I was there for a really long time. Maybe you're someone that always feels on the outside of any group you've ever been a part of. Maybe even here, right? I'm a a youth pastor. I, I I know my youth group pretty well. And there's kids at youth group every week that I just see them trying to break into some sort of group or some sort of being on the in. And no matter how hard they try, it always feels like it's closed off to them. Maybe it's every morning when you wake up and you look in the mirror or go to bed at night, you see yourself and you're like, why do I look like this? Why can't I be 10 pounds lighter? Why can't I be stronger? Why can't this on me be Different. When will the discomfort go away? And what's so awesome about the God of the Bible is the God of the Bible doesn't just look to our exterior and say, oh, I've got them figured out. No, the God of the Bible looks to our hearts. He's the God that sees our hearts. He sees what we need at our very core, what we desire, what we hope for, what we long for. He sees our discomfort and he cares about it. He sees it and he's like, oh, let me take care of that. He knows what our hearts truly need. Let's look at verses three um, and then part of four again of this passage in 2 Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Look at how God is described there. Father of compassion. Like this, as as being a dad, this is what God is known for, being compassionate. That he's the God of all comfort. Any comfort that we could want whatsoever, any any ounce of any any sort of discomfort that we've experienced, ultimately the end goal is we're going to find comfort from this God. It's a God who comforts us in all our troubles. Not just the big ones, not just the small ones, not just the ones that he likes or doesn't like the God who meets us in all our troubles. And the guy who wrote this this letter, this book, Paul, um, if you haven't, if you don't know who he is, that's totally fine, but he did not have a comfortable life by any means. Like this guy, people were trying to kill him multiple times. People didn't trust him because of his past. Um, There's a 
there's a story where he's on this boat and it gets wrecked in this storm and then he ends up living through it on the shore and then as they're having this fire together, the snake jumps out and bites him. It's like, what the heck like, is going on? Like, that is a bad Monday, right, for Paul. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, but he's in, in and out of prison all the time and yet this guy, crazy life, crazy hard circumstances, he says, Praise be to the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, even troubles as crazy as the ones that he's gone through. So when I asked that question at the beginning, where do you find your comfort? I think a lot of us in the room automatically go, oh, I know what Matt's looking for. God is the answer, right? Um, that would have been really easy on your finals last week. Like the, the answer, maybe in Sunday school or on Wednesday here at youth group or church on Sunday, we would just know, oh yeah, like when, when I need comfort, God's the one I'm supposed to go to. But if we're really honest, right? If I'm really honest with you guys, day in, day out, second by second of my life, of your lives, is God really the one that I go to for comfort when I'm in trouble, when I'm stressed, when I'm anxious, when I'm having a bad day, or what do I turn to instead? Because when a need arises in us, we turn to something or someone to try and figure it out, to try to make it better. So I'm going to do a little illustration really quick. Um, because I think this sometimes is what life kind of looks like. Looks like. Um, Ethan, where's Ethan? I need Ethan's help. Ethan, could you come on up here? And then, um, could I also snag your help? Is that okay? Sweet. Why don't you guys give him a hand? What's your name? Haley. Haley? Haley. Okay, Haley and Ethan. Okay, I want you guys to hold this. Hold this picture right here. I'll try to get out of the way mostly so everyone can see him. So this is kind of what I think life looks like sometimes, right? What is this? Pitcher. pitcher. Okay. Not like baseball pitcher, right? Okay. Pitcher. Um, so what, what's a pitcher, what's its use? What was a pitcher created for? Pour, Pour something. Okay. What else? Hold something. Okay, so we've got hold something, to be filled with something, and to pour something out. And I think, so imagine I had a bad day. Um, or, or I'm in a place of discomfort or hardship, I think what, what life looks like a lot of time is I go over here and I'm like, hey, Ethan, can you comfort me, please? Would you fill up my pitcher? Thanks a lot, Ethan. I thought we were friends. All right, Haley, how about you? Could you, could you comfort me? Fill up my pitcher, please. Okay, people at this youth group are really mean. Um, I came here to be comforted and my pitcher's still in me. Um, but we do that, right? Because a pitcher in and of itself, like is meant to hold something and to pour something out, but it has to be filled with something first. It has to be filled with something to be able to hold it or to pour it out. And in the beginning, right, in the beginning of all things, God created us to be a container. God created us to hold something. And so say this is God, right? God created us to be filled with his goodness, to be filled with his kindness, to be filled with his love and his mercy and his compassion. 
And if all of our pictures, right, mine included, were just filled with that all the time, filled with the comfort of God, like as we sang, your steadfast love something. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the, the next part of it, but I was like, oh, that's like right what we're talking about. Um, it overcomes. And if our pictures were just filled with God's love all the time, that would be the end of the story and life would be great and we wouldn't be in discomfort and we wouldn't need nachos with bacon bits, right? <laughs> But that's not, that's not the case. We look around, we look at ourselves, and we see that we're broken. We see that the world is broken. And if you know the story of the Bible, you know that we have an enemy too. We have someone that wants to convince us that being filled with God's love, with comfort from the Lord, with God's goodness and his kindness and his mercy isn't enough. And he goes by lots of different names in scripture. Like this guy goes by um, the name of Satan, the devil. Um, and uh, those aren't the names I want us to focus on tonight. The names I want us to focus on are the father of lies, the deceiver, right? Not the father of compassion that, that Paul describes God as, but the father of lies. And what the enemy likes to do is like, don't you want results right now? Don't you want to be filled with, with love and, and, and goodness right now? Well, I have that too. God might make you wait for it, or you're not always going to see it right in the moment. Or, or sometimes you have to put your trust in him. You have to put your trust that something you can't see, this whole thing called faith, like that he's going to do something that, that you can't be sure of. So let me fill you up instead. I've got the same thing. Let me fill you with what I have to offer. So you're anxious about a test? Just try harder. You're anxious about sports? Well, take out the person. Talk bad about them that's in front of you, right? You, you want to be comforted? Well, just eat more. You, you want to be comforted? Don't eat more. Go to the gym move on to that next relationship, whatever it might be, he tries to convince and deceive that these things are going to be the things that fill us and that will truly bring us comfort. But ultimately, I've been there, all these different things, middle school, high school, even now, I've done and I, and I do, and they don't last. They run out maybe in the moment they feel so good. They feel so awesome. And they feel like, ah, now finally I'm comforted. But it runs out and it's not eternal and it doesn't last. Why don't you give a, two to these, a hand to these two? You guys can sit down. And there's so many ways that we, we run to different things, right, for comfort. We binge out on Netflix. Yeah? Yeah? Any of those here, right? We, we try to please people. If people just like me, then I'll be comforted. Then I'll be enough. Try to get compliments from people. Try to disengage completely. That was my whole life in high school, just getting high and getting drunk so that I could just be removed from it all. I think what we want a lot of the time is we want microwave comfort, Right? We want comfort that's ding, done in 30 seconds. We don't want comfort that we have to wait for. 
We don't want comfort that, that is going to come down the road. We don't want comfort that sometimes we can't feel or, or experience right in the moment. We want it now, and we settle for all these things that the enemy wants to toss our way instead of what the Lord has for us. And for me, when I was in high school, I looked at my pitcher, metaphorically, right? I looked at my pitcher, and it was just filled to the brim with dirty water, with nasty water. And I remember this moment where I just felt like I was at the end of myself, where I was like, I'm stuck. There's no way to pour this out. If I even try to pour this out, it just seems to get filled back up again. And that's where I met Jesus. That's where I came to know our Lord and Savior because Jesus came to make a way so that our pitchers might be filled with that clear, pure, everlasting life water again. Jesus came so that, so that in him, right? Jesus never sinned, always did what was good, right, and perfect, filled with God's goodness and love and grace and mercy, followed God, trusted in God, always. Jesus ends up pouring out that life so that he might be filled with our nast, with our junk, with our sin, with all the ways that we turned from God and said, no, like I can figure it out on my own. I can find comfort in these other places. Jesus takes that on himself so that whoever believes in him, not, not just be saved, right? Not just saved from that sin, not just saved from the consequences of those things that we turn to, but in turn gives us life and life now and forevermore. You guys just changed your name to Northwest Gospel, and this is just small, but, but a, a piece of the story of the gospel that we talk about time and time again here, um, both at youth group and on Sundays. Let's look at verse five of this passage. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. For those that follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that life's just going to get easier or you're just going to be comfortable all the time. The kind of comfort that Jesus produces is a hope that endures, is a peace that passes understanding. It's things that not only impact our hearts now, but they look to the future as well. They look to eternity that we get to spend with him in his kingdom. And what, one of the things that I've learned like over the years um, is that not only is God uh, a comforter, not only is he amazing at that, does he do that perfectly, but he's also a redeemer. Like, I've made so many bad choices. I've done so many things that I regret. But the crazy thing about God is he takes something that has no value, that actually is like in the negative, like in the deficit. He takes something with no value and he speaks value back into it. He redeems it. He takes it from a place of death to life. He takes it from evil to meant for good. 
And in, in, in the second half of verse, verse four, check that out with me again. So it says, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. The same trouble that I got into, the same sin that I wrestled with and I turned away from God. One of the crazy things that God's done in my life is he's brought a lot of students that struggle with the same things I did into my life that I get to walk with now. And I get to point to the hope that I found in Jesus when he rescued me. I get to empathize with them. I get to be with them and say, it is so hard and you're not alone. God takes all the ways that we tried to fulfill our discomfort and says, guess what? I'm going to use that now since you've trusted in me for you to be comfort to other people. For the people that do feel on the outside, you once felt like you were there too, and now you get to go be with them. I love you so that my love can go through you to others as well. And sometimes in life, too, circumstances get worse before they get better. Uh, Because God is a God of comfort, while God meets us and and comforts us now in the things that we're going through and the things that all of you guys are experiencing and going through right now, sometimes things still are really hard. My mom was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's last year. And um, and, uh, it's still not something I've processed, really, just being honest. Um, it's, it's not something that, um, that I feel like just wrecks me every day or, or anything like that. But there's this like unknown that's in front of us as a family too. This, this unknown that as she gets older, like her body's going to continue to give up on her. And I don't know, I can't see how God's going to use that for good whatsoever. It feels like something that is just wrong with the world, just broken. And yet, like, I believe God wants to use this for good somehow. So I put my trust, I look to be comforted, comfort, comforted in it by him. Because otherwise, what Matt chooses 100% of the time apart from God is no good and leads me back to my pitcher being filled with that nast once more. The last verse I want to share with us is one that's really stood out to me over the years. It's James 4, 8. And James says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's like one of the closest things in scripture that I get to like an equation. So it's like when A plus B happens, it equals C 100% of the time, right? When we draw near to God in our trouble, in our distress, in our anxiety, in our hurt, in our pain, in the ways that we've experienced discomfort, he draws near to us. How amazing that God would do that with each one of us, not just a group of people, but every person that draws near to him, he'll draw near to them as well. He's waiting for them to draw near. And how we draw near to God is we we talk to him. We pray. We pray and talk like we're talking to a friend. We talk and I, I usually just list out everything that I'm struggling with because I don't have to hold back from God. 
We draw near to him in scripture for, to see his words to us. We come to know who God is and also it's a mirror to us to see who we are as well. And we also draw near to him in community. Sometimes when, when life gets hard, people pull out of community really quick. That's a time where we press in all the more with people that are following Jesus around us. Because everything that we could ever long for, everything that we could ever want, any comfort that we might want to receive is perfectly found in Christ. And I hope for you guys, like I'm gonna go out those doors and I'll probably see you in another year or something like that, right? But I hope that, that what you walk away with tonight is, is God is a God who wants to comfort you. He wants to meet with you. And you're, whatever you're facing right now, if you feel like it's small or if you feel like it's big, God wants to be with you in it. And anything else, believe me, I have tried it all. Anything else just leaves us wanting, just leaves us more broken. Let me pray for you guys. The band's gonna come up. Um, we're gonna continue to sing about this God who is compassionate, this God who shows mercy, and this God who comforts us in our troubles. Jesus, I pray for these students, Lord, that they would draw near to you. And I don't know if that's tonight. I don't know if that is tomorrow or that's years from now. But God, that they would see that you are a Lord worth drawing near to that one day they might call you friend, that they would call you savior, that they would call you king of kings and lord of lords. And God, for anyone that tonight like, doesn't even want to acknowledge that they're struggling, God, would they at least be real with you, that they're hurting, that they're broken, that they've been this way for so long and it's felt like, when is it going to end? God, they would meet with you in that and they would know your love, Lord. Pray these students would go out tonight knowing that you love them, that you're with them, that you're for them. And God, that with the same comfort we received, would we share that with others as well? Would we pour that out as a pitcher that's supposed to pour out what it's been filled with? God, thank you that you would fill us with your goodness and your kindness and your grace and your mercy and your love. Would that just change everything, Lord, because of that? your name. Amen.